You're listening to the Franchise Freedom Podcast with Giuseppe Grammatico. Okay, and welcome to the Franchise Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Giuseppe Grammatico, your franchise guide. And today we have a very special guest. Today we're speaking with my good friend, Eric Van Horn. And just a little bit about Eric. Eric is a franchising specialist, an expert in multi-unit, multi-brand ownership as a franchisee as well as a franchisor. Uh, from franchisee to franchisor, regional developer, investor, consultant, and podcast host, Eric has worn many hats over the last two decades. His diverse experience has provided him with unique insights into the challenging aspects of the industry. Eric, uh, long bio here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you <laughs> take over here, but I want to welcome you to the show. <laughs> <laughs> I know. As I heard, oh, man, it's good to be here. It's good to see you. As I was hearing you read the bio, I'm like, I chop people's bios up so much on my, on my podcast. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need, to, I need to make this really fast. So that's something that I just learned that I need to uh, shorten up the bio. So hey, when you, it's when all you wear a lot of hats, it's all it's all it's all good, my friend. And I and I figured you you can tell your uh, your background story much better than I can. So, but uh, yeah, no, thank you. I, I I appreciate you coming on. We have a lot to talk about. Um, you know, just prior to to recording today. So, if you wouldn't mind, I I always ask every guest to to kind of give a little bit about your your background. So, if you can talk a little bit more about your background and um, you know that that transition from employee to employer. So I um, go back. I grew up in a small town in South Dakota, uh, went to school, got a business degree and was about ready to go to law school in Virginia. And a straight C student uh, going to law school was not going to be a fun time. It was going to be horrible for me to do that. So I started up a little lawn company and ended up doing a lawn for an older lady that I ended up buying a condo that she had down by the beach. And it, I put no money down, no money into it. I found somebody to partner with me. We flipped that thing and I made more money than I had in my entire life uh, up to that point, which wasn't a lot, but it was enough for me to buy my first franchise. So, uh, so college to law school, didn't even get to the point where I could drop out of law school, started that lawn business, had money, bought a business. And that's really 20 years ago when I got my start in franchising. I bought Liberty Tax Service and I opened up in Kansas City, Missouri, and then ended up buying a regional development or an area development or master franchise, whatever you want to call it these days. And I took that from four locations to 42 locations when I eventually uh, sold that back to the parent company. And that was my first big exit since then. I've owned six different brands, had some good exits in some of them and some you know, not so good uh, experiences with some as well. And then I was a consultant for a while, did a lot of, uh, help, uh, helped a lot of people buy different brands. And then I've done a lot of passive investing, like cash flow investing over the years. I got involved on the franchisor side. And, um, and right now I just can, I help franchisees help franchisors and do uh, a lot of help with others getting into passive investing. Awesome. Pretty impressive. You've been uh, you've been around the block, so that's why I I wanted you on the show because you've been on all different sides of it. So that's awesome. So what what I guess similar backgrounds. I I was in car detailing um, and got into master franchising. So talk to us about what what was the draw? Why why franchising when you had all these other options? So I started that first. 
uh, franchise and this and with Liberty Tax. And at the time, they had an area development program. That's what it was called. There's a lot of different names for it, as you know. But um, area development was the name that they they chose, and that's what I knew. And I knew as a franchisee that some of the bigger players in that system were area developers. And, and I always wanted to be, you know, you always want what you can't have, or you want where the growth is. And that's where I saw people that were making significant amounts of money. They seem to be area developers and the top franchisees seem to go from top franchisee to either like growing into multi multi units in a, in a large way or buying an area development. And uh, so it was my first tax season. And I thought, you know what, this area development thing looks pretty cool because you're able to leverage uh, other people in mm-hmm. business. And there's good things right. and bad things about leveraging like that. Um, but I wanted to leverage. And so we looked at a number of different markets around the country and we settled on Austin, Texas because Austin was warm in the winter times and seemed to be like a cool place. And they had a lot of open territory for me to develop. And so what I liked about the area development aspect of it, you were kind of in the middleman between being a franchisor and a franchisee. You were um, in the middle where you were acting like a franchisor at times and other times you were acting still like a franchisee because you still reported to the parent company. So I really uh, enjoyed mentoring and helping franchisees become more successful. I enjoyed helping um, grow the grow the area by selling franchises, generating leads and doing whatever I could. So that's where I learned about the franchisee franchisor relationship. I got to experience it firsthand. I got my taste of being a franchisor without actually having to do all the things that franchisors have to do. So I love the area development programs. Yeah, I, I, I did as well. It's almost like uh, someone called it a sub-franchisor. Some, it, you're right. There's so many different names for it. And people are like, what is that? And, I, and I've also noticed, and, I, and um, I don't know, from your experience, it seems to be less and less. I don't, I don't see as many um, master franchise, regional developer opportunities. Um, any, any reason why? I'll put you on the spot here because I, I honestly, I have some opinion on that, but wanted to get your thoughts. Well, we'll, we'll see if we have the same opinion. Um, <laughs> I think the, the way that it, the reason why people or franchisors want to do the area development or master route is one to get money coming into their franchise. So does it, so whenever you sell one, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars coming into the franchisors pockets right. versus, versus zero. So, and then you get free help. So the franchisor now has help out mm-hmm. there, um, local on the ground, uh, cheerleaders and helping the the franchisor grow. Right. In lieu, they give um, they they give typically fifty percent of the royalty uh, back to the area developer. So the area developer pays for it, and then they get mm-hmm. paid back in royalty uh, royalty payments. And it's a really nice thing for everybody. What's not so nice for the franchisor is at some point the franchisor exits. And when they exit to private equity, the private equity company looks at that and says, why would I want to pay a large multiple for this business when half of this uh, royalty revenue isn't even coming to me. And now I have to deal with these area developers. So it's a, it's really good in the short term when the brand is growing. Once the brand is developed, um, the area developers don't do a whole lot. I didn't do a whole lot as an area developer master, uh, you know, uh, six, seven years into it. It was just really nice money with very little effort. And then the um, franchisors can become disillusioned with that. And, and, um, and I've seen that happened but at the end of the day uh, private equity doesn't like uh area developers right. and that and that's why i think the main reason is why franchise more franchisors don't do that and now 
say one more thing mm-hmm. with um, the growth of consultants and you know all about that and the growth of really good franchise uh, sales organizations, mm-hmm. they, the franchisors can sell franchises. Um, it seems easier in some ways if they use consultants and brokers right. or they use a very good franchise sales uh, company or they hire a really good franchise sales person. So they can grow um, without having to uh, have a, an army of area developers mm-hmm. out there helping them. So I think that's also had an impact on why uh, franchisors aren't going the area development route. Okay. What do, you so think? what do you think? I'm actually on the same page. I am, uh, was an investor prior to getting in work, worked in, in, in the investment side and was, uh, looking at it. I was a master as well, but it's, it's expensive. It's expensive mm-hmm. for the franchisor. So yes, it's that cash injection, but what is it costing you? And for anyone listening in, if you watch shark tank, they, they hate that kind of stuff when there's people, you know, taking this ongoing royalty and, you know, they're just going to be kind of bothering them. They're going to have to pay them at some point. So I uh, absolutely agree. It's not a not a bad strategy, but depending on how long you're looking to exit, um, how quickly you're looking to expand, you need to take all that, that into consideration uh, before deciding. So we, I uh, de- definitely agree from master to master. So that's cool. We're on, uh, <laughs> we're on the, no, no argument today. No, but not, not yet. We'll, we'll find we'll find if we can argue <laughs> we'll about something, something later. Hey, that's cool. Now, I, I like that. I, I'm, I'm always open to, to learning, and I'm, I'm sure you have a, a lot to teach us today. So, okay, so you bought, you got into your first franchise. Uh, again, I know we didn't talk about this before, but did you, how did you find that franchise? Did you, did you use a, a franchise consultant? Did you find that franchise on your own? Franchise consultants weren't really a thing back then. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there were very few of them and they weren't very, very big. I had some friends that were thinking, and this was back in the day when like, the, the lead portals were generating a lot of business. Like you could go into franchise gator right. and they were actually good leads to franchisors back then. So it was very different times. Mm-hmm. LinkedIn really wasn't even a, a thing. Oh, yeah. And now I'm just, I'm really starting to date myself, but right. you know, it, it was very different times. But for me, I found that brand just because it was a, it, the, the corporate office was in Virginia beach and that's where I was. That's where I was living. Mm-hmm. So I had friends that, that worked there and they were franchisees as well. So people were working at the corporate office and they were franchisees. So I immediately got invited to what I thought was like a meet and greet thing. What I realized looking back, it was their annual convention. So I saw, you know, I mean, franchisors, when they put on their annual convention, they're having fun and it's enjoyable and franchisees are happy and there's, you know, so that's what I attended, like was the, the, the annual convention. And then I'm like, this seems fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I had friends that was a younger crew back then. Like I was a young, young kid right. and, and I was, uh, I think 24, 23, 24. And, and I wanted to have somebody that, uh, went in business alongside me. I wanted to have, I, I, I thought I had the confidence, but at looking back, I'm sure I didn't have the confidence just to do something completely on my own right. to that level. So knowing I had a, a, um, somebody like John Hewitt and all the other franchisees mm-hmm. kind of mentoring me along the way, right. um, I felt comfortable with that. And, and that's one of the biggest things I think the franchisee base back then it was still a young franchise but so many friends i just interviewed one of my good buddies brian holmes on my Mm -hmm. podcast and we were early franchisees and we have so many others that were early franchisees in the early days of liberty tax that have gone on to do many really really cool businesses and things in franchising so um at the end of the day 
I had friends that uh, that brought me to it. I was a referral. A referral. Nice. We, we like those. We like those. And, it, and it's, it's funny. I, I actually use a franchise coach. Um, and that's how I got interested in, into franchise or, or franchise consultant. We use those words basically mean the same thing. And um, after after that experience, and that was 2006, 2005, started talking uh, end of 05 going into 06 and didn't even know franchise consultants existed. And, and to this day, People tell me I don't even I didn't even know you existed. So we're trying to trying to get the word out so that we people like uh, us do exist and are able to help out. But um, yeah, that really that what that's what sparked my interest because as a master I was a coach. I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. I can continue this and really be able to help people across the country um, make one of the biggest financial decisions next to buying a home and obviously your your investments in the stock market. You know, this is this is a big decision and we're making this decision on our own. So it's nice to have a good coach. That's a good, obviously, match for you. So um, that's, that's interesting. I, I, I was on the impression you used a coach. I, I did not know that. So I wasn't prepared. I was. Uh, <laughs> I <laughs> <three> <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't do I, I we started to use uh, a, a consultant network franchise at Liberty Tax uh, mm-hmm. way back then when I was selling franchises for Liberty. And and so that's when I first got introduced to the coach consultant broker world. Right. And, uh, and then we had really good success with them. And, and we were uh, Liberty Tax was, uh, you know, one of the top uh, brands at that time within the franchise uh, network. And then I, uh, I sold my area development. I sold I had 12 locations as well. So I sold all of my locations oh, wow. and the area development with 42 retail locations in it. And I uh, sent Jeff Elgin, he's the founder of Franchise, an, an email and said, Hey, I hear great things about Franchise. I experienced great things from being on the franchise or side of things. I'd love to come, you know, to, to be a consultant. And he's like, Hey, come on out and meet with us and uh, we'll see if we like you. And I, I was ready to get on a flight and go there. And he's like, Hey, uh, we are now in a recession. Things are not as they were, right. you know, a few months earlier. So we want our consultants. We want a different type of consultant mm-hmm. now versus one that can just take these internet leads. And um, and so I waited about a year. And I appreciate that about about Jeff over at Franchise because he didn't want just to uh, take anybody on, and he wanted to test things out with um, to be able to to roll things out the right way. And so so a lot of respect for uh, for Jeff and the folks over at Franchise. Yes, and I'll, and I'll second that because I am also part of Franchise. And it's funny you mentioned that I had a, a similar experience. I finally made the decision, called up Jeff. He had mentioned, you know, I'm going to be traveling, doing some things. This is so. This is a few years or several years after you join, and uh, to speak with Linda, uh, Linda Mentor, a, a Bremer mentor, and uh, she came back and said, uh, you know. Sounds like you're a good fit. We're not bringing anyone on. <laughs> I'm just yep. like, oh, I go the time and and everything happens for a reason. So it was about it was probably a little bit longer than a year, and then they started expanding and and they gave me a call. So very very similar stories, but it's <laughs> been a great time, same story. Yeah, same story. So right, completely different situation and what was going on. It was more, I think, you know, who who is the the ideal consultant, and that's. You know, we're, we have a lot to talk about today and we're going to and I don't promise not to go over the hour. So we may be breaking this up as we're we're covering quite a bit into two shows. Um, and we got talk- something at the very end that we're going to talk about, too, because I just I just got back out of country doing some yes. really cool stuff. So towards the end of this, we're going to talk about some things that 
like really life-changing for me, mm-hmm. eye-opening for me, uh, and not a lot of Americans have been able to experience. So we'll get to that thing at the towards the end of it. So I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, I'm ready to keep going, man. A- absolutely, yes. I, I definitely want to as we're all following what's going on in the world. So yes, I'm, I'm excited to learn more about that. Um, talk to us, so, so, so talk to us a little bit about franchise consulting. Uh, obviously, you were in that business. Um, I see that industry growing with the number of consultants out there. Um, what makes a, a good consultant or if someone is li- you know, someone watching the show, who, who should they look for or interview? What, what questions should they be asking to find that right fit, that right consultant to help them out? So um, that's a, that's a good question, a broad question. So um, I'll just kind of hone in on what I think is important in that. Um, A good consultant, it's got to be someone that cares about, about, about the candidate, about the person that's looking to buy. And how do you know that's really hard to know? So I think you, um, you need to make sure that they know what they're doing, that they've been around. I think then this is all just personal, uh, personal uh, thoughts of mine. Um, other people that have a different experience um, and being a really good consultant might uh, have different thoughts. So this is, this is, I'm not saying this is the gospel. This is Eric's opinion, right. um, but someone that actually cares. And how do you know that they care? Um, you've probably seen them on social. You've seen how they are. You vet them out. Um, like if I'm going to go hire somebody, I'm going to go snoop around mm-hmm. on Facebook. I'm going to listen right. to their podcasts. I'm going to see if they're the same person. I'm going to see if I have mutual friends with that person on social or whatnot. And I'll ask them, what's, what's this person mm-hmm. like? What's Eric really like? He says he's a real expert in franchising. Right. He's got a podcast in franchising, but is he, you know, is this like, is he just a big sales guy that just needs this money and needs the next sale to pay for his house mortgage right. where he's overextended? Ended. So, um, so I think if they really care about the person, they're not going to put you into a brand just because they um, uh, are going to make a commission out of it. So I think, you know, another reason, how do you know that? Ask, ask, I, I'm a big fan of, and you've, if you heard me on my podcast, mm-hmm. you, I talk about the mistakes that I've made. So right. if someone that's a franchise consultant that's been in it for any length of time has probably seen some brands that they thought were going to be great that turned out to not to be not so great. So if you have a consultant that says they, um, um, they don't know everything, they are not the magic picker of franchises that are going to guarantee to make a ton of money for the, for the potential candidate, then, then I think you got somebody that you can trust Mm -hmm. because anybody that's been around for any length of time in the franchise consulting world knows that they've seen brands that they thought were just going to be amazing. And they turned out to be amazing duds and just flop. Now I know that speaking from experience, because I've thought I've had brands that were going to be amazing. And I've bought brands that I thought were going to be amazing. And they turned out to be not so amazing. And I'm sure you right now can probably think of some brands that are similar, but if the consultant that you're thinking, about working with says it just they're just successful no matter what and all their franchisees that they've helped find and look into other brands are successful then um then you probably may not want to work with them one they're lying which right. might might be true might not be true or they right. just don't have the experience or they have the experience but they're just blind to the realities of franchising and franchising is not i mean 
you just look at business ownership. You know, that's a when time some you take somebody that's never been in business before and now they own a business, um, there's going to be a certain amount of failures. So right. I think it's great to be able to talk about talk about failures openly mm-hmm. and just I think it helps you as a consultant um, um, just uh, have more credibility with the people that you're working with. So when I started to talk openly about some of the challenges that I've seen in the franchise world or in franchising, um, I, I people started to trust me a lot more. I think like you, you have a podcast, um, um, people get to hear your opinions on things, not just when you are uh, in a process about ready to buy. So mm-hmm. like if you tell somebody, this is what you should be doing at, at a discovery day, they've heard it on your podcast before. Yes. And they know that he's not telling me I need to make a decision right after discovery day, just because there's a sale to be had. It's because that's how things work. So I think the more that you can learn from somebody and, and, and they are are an educator, they are an influencer, they have an audience. I think that is a really good thing um, um, for somebody that's thinking about working with a consultant. Okay. No, that's 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 great. I I really like that. And having a call, right? As basic as it sounds, you have an intro call. If clashing personalities, conversation doesn't go smoothly, maybe you, ha- you look elsewhere. I mean, that's that's also I always encourage. You know, this is a, a right fit call, but it's mutual. This is not me saying you are a right fit for me. We, we want to work together. And one thing I'll, I'll mention, because this was my aha moment for um, end of last year. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of Marcus Sheridan. He wrote the book, They Ask You Answer. And that's been the kind of how I built all my marketing and how I approach things. And it's basic full transparency. What are the you know, negative people saying in the industry? Who are my competitors? What is your what is your pricing? I cover all that on the first call. You know, I tell people I am not the only consultant. We do not charge. Some people say, "Well, this is how uh, consultants are, are are compensated." Okay, this is exactly how we're compensated. We don't talk about the amounts, but we talk about yes, we're, we're also you know feeding our families uh, with this as well. So I, I think full transparency talking about competitors, talking about everyone's concerns. You know, it's a business. Yep. And the people that have, I think, once you set the expectation up front, I think, I think that's uh, a big help of what it looks like. You're not looking at brands until the third call or, or possibly the fourth call. This we, We're going to move at your speed. But ultimately, this is a big decision and we want to make sure you're well-informed. So I, I like that. And um, if you haven't checked out that book, highly, highly recommend it. Just, just record it with Marcus and that'll go live in the next week or so. Awesome. Um, hey, do you let people work with you as a consultant and other consultants as well? That's a good question. And that, and that came up uh, recently. And typically I, I just, it's, it's just me. I, I keep it open and just say, if you are looking at working with another consultant, I can't stop you but there's something I'm not doing wrong. So tell me what I'm doing wrong and let's, and let's fix that because I think working with more than one consultant is uh, muddying the waters. It's, it's going to cause confusion. You're going to get bombarded with so many options. Um, I can't force them to do anything, but if, if they are previously working with another consultant, I'll just say, you know what? I respect who you're working with. You come to me, you know, obviously you're calling me for a reason, but when you're ready and maybe not, going to move forward with that consultant or, or some of the uh, the brands that you're looking at, give me a call and we'll figure out exactly what happened. I like it. I'm, I was the same way. So 
I'm not a consultant. I haven't been a consultant for a, a while now. Uh, when I was, I was one of the top consultants and I was, uh, so I, I'm saying this with nothing to be gained. Um, but I agree with you. Um, for the most part, I like it when consultants, um, only have people that work with them. Um, and I would do that. And I know other, uh, great consultants like yourself that do that. They's like, if you want to work with me, we're going to work. It's going to be just us. Mm-hmm. You're working with somebody already finish working with them. Right. And hopefully you find something with them. If you don't then come back to me because you know, they're going to keep shopping around if they shop around with you and, or, or, you know, they're already shopping around the thing that I, um, the challenge with that is if they're working with somebody that's not so great, that wants them to only work with them, that's a, that's a bad place to be, but that's where you just have to really, um, you just need to be working with someone that, uh, that has a great reputation, Um, so I like that you do that. Um, one more thing on just, uh, working solo with somebody. I, if you're looking at buying a brand, I would like, I would just work with that one consultant and, and I would tell them, I would tell the candidates, um, just be honest with me. If you are starting to, or want to work with somebody Mm -hmm. else, just tell me, I'm not going to have you sign a contract. I'm not going to do any of that. It's just the honor system. And you can always come to me with that. And some people would, and I would appreciate that. So I agree. <laughs> I, you know, you, there's something, right? If you're contacting some, some, someone else, something isn't working and maybe they don't know, maybe they can't ar- ar- articulate. Maybe they want to know. They, what I've people, heard, so, so, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. People want more brands. People yes. think more brands is the answer or am I, I'm missing out on right. something. So, and that's not always, it might be the case, but it might, but, but most likely that's not, that's not the case. So that you can just get the, the more brands, even with the inventory that you have, you probably don't have, you know, you probably don't use all of the brands. You probably have your favorites and your fa- they're your favorites for a really good reason. At least that's what I've seen in, in, in the past. Right. Nope. That, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's the, the whole, the whole FOMO as we call it, right. They want to yep. know what, what am I missing? What else is out there? So, yep. well, cool. So we are going to actually pause here for a second Uh, We are going to kick it off with a second episode, and we'll just pause here for a moment. Thanks for tuning in. Whenever you're ready, here are three ways Giuseppe can help. One, if you've ever considered owning a business of any kind, you owe it to yourself to get a copy of Giuseppe's book, Franchise Freedom. Download your free copy at ggthefranchiseguide.com slash book. Two, want to understand how successful executives make the transition from corporate to owning their own franchise? Join Giuseppe's next online presentation, Franchise Freedom, How to Escape the Corporate World and Have Financial and Time Freedom by Owning a Franchise by going to ggthefranchiseguide.com slash video. Three, want to work with Giuseppe one-on-one to identify the right franchise opportunity for you to navigate the process and get plugged into experienced franchising advisors? Send him an email to gg at ggthefranchiseguide.com with one-on-one in the subject, and he'll send you all the details.